We have a new app that is absolutely going to rock your world. Your world is going to rock, Keith. I'm ready. I, I know. It's, it's I need been a some while. rocking. <laughs> <laughs> Scripps, the longtime media company, has a new RSN, a regional sports network. Uh, my question and our question is, is it a throwback or is it a Hail Mary for over-the-air viewing? Sports analogy there. We're very good at this kind of thing, wow, Keith. You know, we've done analogy. this a long time. You're really good. We introduce an exciting new, may not be legal, but an exciting new way to make money for a change with AM radio stations. So, welcome to Media Insultant, the weekly podcast that keeps you up to date on the latest traditional media from print to television. We offer opinions and ideas on the industry's hot topics. Join us as we explore the ever-evolving world of media and gain fresh perspective on the stories that matter the most to you. Welcome to Media Insultant. That introduction that I just read, Keith, was not written by me. And you know it wasn't written by you. It was written totally by AI, by artificial intelligence. No way. Using that buzzy new application, chat GPT. Yep. And I input a few things. I input the name of the podcast, right? Uh What we did. And and that's all I gave to chat GPT. And out came that intro. But, you know, I was so intrigued by this. Next, I wanted to see what happened if I put a couple of copy points in for... A radio copy, right? Or TV copy, you know, for media copy. So what I did is I just developed a hypothetical dealer name, their location. Okay. And that they were having a sale. Those three copy points, okay? And I told ChatGPT, it has to be 75 words so we could keep it down to 30 seconds. So if you'll bear with me, here's what came out. I'm going to read the copy. Read the copy that came out of that a little bit of input I gave. So you, you asked you asked ChatGPT to write a commercial. Wow. Okay. Let's see what they came up I with. I did. Okay. Attention all hunters. Denny's Ford of Renton is having an annual deer hunting sale. Get ready for the season with a new Ford truck or SUV. With great deals on models like the F-150 and the Explorer, you'll be able to tackle any terrain. Plus, Mention this commercial and receive a free hunting accessory package. Now, don't miss out on this limited time offer. Visit Denny's Ford today in Renton. Now, Sounds I don't know about you, but I mean, it, it wasn't exactly the most creative story told piece of copy, but it sounds like a piece of copy that would have been written by a typical salesperson, you know, in Bloomington, Illinois, for the sale of their Ford dealership. And I just input those three copy points. That's amazing. So because- I guess at the... You know, you did. You yeah. You said that's that's as that's as typical a radio commercial as I've heard, and that would be anything from a creative director in L.A. or a, a local rep in, uh, you know, in uh, Oshkosh. You know, it's uh, it was sounded totally legit and just fine to me. Now, an, an interesting thing is is that I went in this morning to try something else, and they said it was too busy. <laughs> so, I hear this is in beta right now, but. They they are running $3 million a month in server time with this. This is how much it's caught on. And, wow. you know, Keith, you don't have to, to think very far beyond the confines of our 
understanding of media to understand how really disruptive this is and how it really could redefine the way we do business. I mean, think about, you know, Google is concerned about it because Google search thinks, you know, geez, instead of coming back with 30 links, you just get your answer. You know, you just type in what's the best restaurant in Napa, you get your answer. But, you know, they're using it to write blog posts. CNET is using it to uh, write articles. You can write movie scripts with it. You can create jokes. We just wrote commercial copy. I mean, you know, suddenly you don't need a copywriter. You know, you just plug a couple of things into chat GPT and there you go. I've even heard of people having discussions with chat GPT and then finally going, whoa, wait a minute. I'm having a discussion about this topic with a computer, with AI. This is brave new world stuff. I don't know. What do you think? Have you run into any of this uh, yourself? No, but I've been reading about it, obviously, because everybody's talking about it. But what's interesting is, is that just a few topics in chat GPT could do our show. Oh, what makes you think they're not? <laughs> Ooh, uh, But, you know, it is fascinating. And, and putting in the hands of, of radio operators. Oh, wow. A way to cut costs. You know, that, that, that an idea to cut costs has never been a bad idea in radio. But this, this extension into conversations, into news writing, into blog writing, it is, it's just, it's fascinating, but it's also kind of scary. It is scary. Yeah, it is scary. And, and some of it is you just don't know, and you don't know where it's going to go. And there are questions of accuracy and that kind of thing. But, you know, we could spend a whole show just talking about the, the implications of this. You know, what, you know, and then suddenly does your data have any value and can you monetize or somehow utilize your own discrete data as part of this. For example, um, if you are, if, if I'm just pulling something out of the top of my head, but if you're, if you're a law firm and you have a database of your own cases, you know, you could use those to supplement what ChatGPT had to also mm-hmm. augment a, a legal discussion on ChatGPT. Anyway, I'll let other people delve into that, but it, it is an amazing thing, and I, I thought it'd be kind of an interesting way of, of taking a look at some of the changing technology that we're all going to have to deal with as time goes ahead. Well, one thing that G, uh, ChatGPT will never replace, and that is Tony Bolin and his Christmas poems. You know, there's no – wait a minute. Do you think, you think ChatGPT can do a rhyming media Christmas poem? Uh, ooh, no, no, no way. We got well, I'd, I'd like we, to think that's can't the case. I'd like to ever. think it also so, isn't going to replace us. But, you know, who knows? Who knows? Listen, this is, uh, this is real close to your home. I, I, this is something I noticed the other day. CBS owns KCAL, a uh, Los Angeles television station. And they recently launched a new 4 a.m. to 11 a.m. local newscast. Now, KCAL uh, was early into big news blocks. They did an evening, have been doing an evening news, 8 to 11 p.m. news since 1990. Now, KCAL also is owned by CBS. So let's get that out on the, on the plate. And what they've done is they're now doing a morning show that is nothing but news. But they compete with morning news blocks for KCBS. KTLA, KNBC, KABC, Fox 11, uh, and and I'm probably missing a couple. So it's pretty thin, pretty thin audience. But what I found troubling in this, Keith, you know, as we're talking about it, is that the president of CBS radio or television stations, Jennifer Mitchell, sent out a press release, and her press release said that that the strength and legacy in the KCAL brand 
in this marketplace is a true rich history that is makes this launch so much sense. I, I, I don't live in L.A., but I don't ever think of KCAL as being a news-centric legacy kind of a television station. You do. <laughs> so is there any truth to that? Well, there's some truth to it. Um, but again, and there's a certain, you know, it depends on what audience you're talking to. If you're talking to, to me, okay, Boomer, you know, I grew up with KHJ TV, okay? And it was KHJ TV right. up until 1989. It was a, a, a third tier indie television station, okay, that no one gave a shit about. It was KHJ TV, okay? Same call letters as the famous radio station. You know, it was a dirtbag indie. And then it goes through a series of ownership changes that bring it about, you know, uh, all three or four different companies. It ends up with CBS. So CBS has this duopoly where they have formerly KNXT. It's now KCBS television, which is the big CBS O&O, CBS affiliate, all the CBS programming. And then they have KCAL, which is this, uh, which they now have, which is this kind of, you know, now this independent station that they can do anything with. And so they were able to fill in what the what they weren't allowed to do on KCBS, which is break in news, long news blocks, because they didn't have the network obligations and they didn't have, you know, syndication obligations that they needed to do. They could do anything they wanted with KCAL. So now we get new management overseeing CBS. OK, you got Wendy McMahon running the CBS News and Stations Group. You got Jennifer Mitchell, who's now running the TV stations, not ever, ever having been a sales manager or a general manager at a television station. She's always been on the content side. Now they're going to go into the, the major news block business and they can do it. Now, KCAL has built over the last decade or maybe a little bit more. How do you say this? The image of being the place to go for breaking news because they didn't have to interrupt any network programming or the network programming that mattered. You could go watch the car chase on two channels, KTLA Channel 5, or you could go to KCAL 9. Okay, so whoever's helicopter got to the landslide, got to the car chase, got to the riot, whatever it was first, you know, you were always switching back and forth because these were the two independent stations that didn't have the network obligations like Fox, CBS, ABC and CBS. And so they have kind of built this reputation of being the place where, you know, you could go see the ambulance chase. Right. Or, you know, the, the car chase or whatever it was, the crime in, in action because you wanted to see that. So that, that's kind of their image. But what makes this really weird, and that really has a lot of people confused in LA, and certainly my media friends are really scratching their head over this and going, what WTF? Because it's KCAL 9 News on CBS LA. That's, so KCAL 9 is the news brand. KCAL is the news brand now for CBS television stations in LA. So KCBS Channel 2 has no individual news brand anymore. It's KCAL News. And so it, it's kind of like, what happened, to, what happened to KCBS News? Nope. So it's like their own news service for Los Angeles that they're running on Channel 2, KCBS, and running on Channel 9, KCAL. So if you're watching the, uh, the evening news or you're watching the 6, uh, what is it, the 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. block on on Channel 2, it's the KCAL show. It's KCAL News on, on KCBS. So they completely eliminated the news imaging and individuality of KCBS 2, and it's all done by KCAL 9, which tells me is that, hey, well, this is a great way to 
cut costs because we don't have to have two news departments. We can have just one. We can combine our anchors. You know, we can. There's a lot of synergy here that they're taking advantage of, and it makes it an easier imaging because you only have one station to image for news. It's crazy. No, it does make sense. I think the thing that would that's a little inconsistent with it is there's KCBS is still carrying CBS News, like the CBS Evening News, and the CBS Morning News programming from 7 till 9 a.m. at any rate. Right. So that gets a little inconsistent. So, you know, I would I, I would think they would want to be able to say, look, we're going to put all the news on KCAL and we'll simulcast during those news t- periods. But basically, KCAL becomes the news brand. Is is that where you see it going, Keith? Well, it's, it's where it is now. And it's this is the network obligations that they have to clear the CBS morning news and the CBS evening news you know, other network content, right. obviously, but they have to do the network news content. And I think they're just going to hold their nose and run that on KCBS. They want to clear it. Well, but, but, but it's CBS. They could, they could run it anywhere. They could so easily just say, hey, we're going to clear, we're going to clear this on Channel 9. We're not going to clear it on Channel, what is it, 2? Yeah. I, you know, and, and, but I don't know that you can do that. I don't know that you, I don't, I don't know that you, even if you own the station, if you can split your network affiliation like that. But but they're, it's owned by CBS. So I guess you could. Yeah, exactly. That's my thought. Okay, well, all right. Well, I we're seeing more and more of these stations doing pure news, big news blocks. KTLA is almost all news at this point, just a couple of syndicated shows. So, you know, and we're seeing it in other markets. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine in Spokane the other day, and, you know, they're really racketing up uh, more news on the Spokane station. It's a an NBC affiliate, but... You know, they're branding it as, you know, the all-news station, and, you know, they're, they're, they're really minimizing network affiliation. I think we're going to see that more and more. All right, let's move on. We've, um, we've, we've beat that dog. And speaking of uh, how things are changing in uh, over-the-air television, just when Sinclair seems to be proving that a regional sports network is a crappy business to be in, you know, we've talked a little bit about that in the past where, you know, they got – 10 or 12 million dollars into it and now they're running out of cash and they're talking about selling it for three million three billion dollars to uh to the Anna or major league baseball anyway that's another story but the point is regional sports networks have got some real problems so along comes scripts now scripts is a mid-sized television group and they launch a new regional sports network which they cleverly have called wait for it script sports Ah, I know, just uh, the creativity is off the chart, off the chart. Okay, so your question's the same as mine. Why in the world would anyone need another regional sports network? And I ask the same thing. You know, curious minds want to know, Keith. They're impacted by cord cutting. You know, some people are saying that 50% of the households now in the country are unable to watch these regional sports nets, so they don't get coverage of their local sports teams in each of these markets. What Scripps is doing is they plan to offer regional sports coverage over the air. I mean, this old concept of over the air to an antenna broadcasting from high atop Mount Wilson. And that over-the-air coverage is going to be on both their affiliate stations. And here's the real trick. The real trick is Scripps owns the ION Network. And the ION Network is really an interesting conglomeration of 64 stations. Mm-hmm. Just a sidebar here, uh, including a station I used to own, uh, KUPX in Salt Lake City. So mm-hmm. there, that just so I get 
to brag about having owned a TV station. Mr. Big Shot. Back when it was uh, a more interesting business. Yeah, Mr. Big <laughs> Shot, right, right. <laughs> and that's another story. You and Jeff Smullyan used to own right, used to own television stations. Well, he owned a few more than I did, and he made a little more money than I did. So in addition to Ion, Scripps also has uh, 61 stations in markets that range from Boise to Phoenix, but no major markets. But here's the trick. ION has coverage of almost 65% of the country. It's, it's the most coverage of any TV group because of the UHF discount. And we're not going to get into that. But basically, everybody else is restricted to 39%. ION has so many UHF stations, they get a discount for it. They cover 65% of the country. So they also, ION has their nose under the tent with local broadcasting sports. They have been doing some wrestling and soccer and real minor stuff, but they've also had a few games for Major League Baseball. And, you know, they kind of got their feet wet in sports. So this is what they're trying to do. They're basically going to go to the region or go to the sports teams and say, look, you're getting more and more cord cutting. So you're getting less and less coverage. We'll put your sports on our television stations and do some kind of a deal around that. That's the whole concept they're trying to, to do with this. I, I mean, i got to hand it to them. It's kind of a creative idea, but does this play make any sense to you? What do you think of it? I think it makes a lot of sense. I think that they're you know, obviously struggling to generate viewership locally in all their markets. You know, we're seeing the television you know, uh, numbers go down. Um, you know, streaming's causing that. You know, cord cutting's causing it through cable. You know, all these things. So why not? try to um, take advantage and leverage your sports inventory by putting it out over the air. And you've got, you know, this, this ION thing, you know, ION, my, my cable company here at Spectrum LA, uh, I think ION's like, I don't know, channel eight or something. I mean, it's like right up there. So on my guide, you know, there's ION. And if it had, you know, Major League Baseball, I'd stop and take a look, right? If you're in the demo and you're looking for sports, you, you're going to go, what, what the hell, what? And so uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. Scripps obviously knows what they're doing. These guys are a very well-run media company, although they did bail out of radio a couple of years ago. And maybe that was a smart thing. But, you know, you've, you've got... <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not leverage, if you've got that great content and you've got all these stations and a network, why not? But the, the issue is content. And my assumption is Scripps is counting on the next five years a lot of uh, sports rights are going to come up for renewal mm -hmm. with existing RSNs. And they go in and they say, look, you can do that and get 50% coverage or 40% coverage by that point, or you can go with us and get 100% coverage. I think that's what they're counting on. But, you know, Scripps is an old company, as you pointed out, and a, a venerable old company, mm -hmm. and I think they have a lot of patience. I think this is uh, could be a very good move, but it's going to take them a decade to really begin to get serious traction on it. Yeah, it? and I think, the, I think and the other point, too, is that I think we're also going to see this, uh, this these kind of restrictions on where you can broadcast begin to dissolve. You know, with all the streaming services that you can, you know, out-of-market viewing, you know, everybody's protecting their market. Because you can't, you know, you can't yeah. show, uh, you know, that's why it's called regional sports, because it's only in your region that you can watch the Kraken uh, hockey in Seattle. I can't watch the Kraken in L.A., you know, because I really would love to watch the Kraken from, uh, you know, what is it, Ecology Arena? What is it, Save the Earth Arena um, in there in Seattle? Yeah, so I, 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 yeah. Think, I, <laughs> I think we're going to start to see, you know, a little loosening of these restrictions on where you can broadcast your games. 
And um, uh, and so, you know, I think they're probably also taking a look at that. The, the, the future, we're not going to have regions anymore. I think we're going to have more national platforms because, you know what, you put it on Amazon, it's going to be national. It's going to be international. So, you know, why not uh, why not take advantage of your uh, of your assets, both network on ION and local through their their television group and, and go and go snag some rights. That could be pretty fun. Be interesting to, to watch it. And we, we obviously wish them a lot of luck. I think there you it's go. Uh, good to have another another player in the space. All right. One final story, Keith. This is, you know, this may be the last way you can make money with an AM radio station. Um, there's a radio station, WSJS in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. They have a four-tower array that was destroyed last week. And it's owned by Stu Epperson's Truth Broadcasting, which is uh, Stu Epperson is chairman of Salem Broadcasting. Somehow this is separate from his. Salem does not claim this station as being one of their stations, but it's Stu Epperson's station. Now, Stu expressed horror. He called it the worst day of his broadcasting career. Somebody had knocked down all four of these towers, and he, he asked that the perpetrators be brought to a faith in Jesus Christ. Oh. presumably so is, after they get some serious ass whooping for knocking down his towers so this wasn't pardon the pun an act of god this wasn't this wasn't a hurricane or a lightning strike. it does not seem to have been this was somebody this is this is like uh, it was not it was vandalism you know they knocked down their towers wow yep and now the fbi's obviously been called in it's, it's serious because the stations are federally licensed but here's what's interesting Coincidentally, on the very same day that these towers came down, the FCC approved a facility change for WSJS. Now, just listen to this. Epperson is moving the station from a 5,000-watt, full-time, four-tower array on multiple acreage outside of Greensboro, North Carolina, to a single tower with 1,700 watts, 100 watts at night, and the tower appears to be in somebody's backyard. So Epperson has the chance now to file a big insurance claim for the value of four towers. He doesn't have to pay to bring them down, which can be a pretty expensive project. He doesn't have to pay to bring them down. He can sell that big hunk of land in a suburban area, and he builds the new facility for a fraction of the cost of the original array, and it's got a translator, so he doesn't really care. Pretty good deal if you can get it. Now, I'm not accusing him of anything, but... I'm just saying. All sounds like an act of God. Might to be me. a sleazy way to make money with AM stations. Oh no! I, <laughs> yeah, I think so. it's a coincidence. I think it's just a coincidence. I do too. But it's a. It would be an interesting business strategy if we weren't quite so ethical. Yeah, I said. By the way, Jackson, I've worked at a radio station that had a single AM stick transmitter tower in the backyard of the radio station building that looked like a nice ranch house. In Tucson, Arizona. So I I know exactly uh, what you're talking about with those guide wires and the uh, and the one you know the ones yeah yeah yeah. All right, Keith. Thank you so much. Media Insultant is a production of In Town Media. We do interim contract management for radio, and you can find this podcast on any podcast platform. The videos are on Vimeo in the Media Insultant Showcase. New shows each Wednesday, as I said earlier. We're doing it once a week now, and we look forward to uh, doing it next week, Keith. We've, we've made it through our first Wednesday, second Wednesday show, and thank you so much. Go have a good week, buddy. You too. Have a great weekend. See you next week, buddy.